Welcome to the Real Facts on Real Estate podcast presented by Sean Patrick Maloney. In this series, we educate real estate agents on how to find success in the industry and grow their wealth to six-figure commissions and beyond. Now here's your host, Sean Maloney. Welcome to episode 117, Stay in Your Lane. I'm your host, Sean Patrick Maloney. Thanks for joining me this week. This week, I want to talk to all you real estate agents out there that constantly want to cross the path and go into other people's lanes. I'm going to talk about the dangers and the downsides of trying to take on too much. I know it's tempting to do your job and almost overdo your job, monitor the mortgage broker, check in on the attorney, look over the home inspection, all these different things you want to do, but I want to talk about some of the downfalls out of getting out of your lane. I always say it's easier to remember things with a little comic relief, so I always say it's easy to remember we're a paid idiot. And what do I mean by that? Of course, we're not paid idiots. We're actually really smart people doing a lot of great jobs. But the truth is, we always have an answer for everything that's very simple. I would like you to ask your attorney. I'll check with the seller. Let me ask the seller's agent. I think we should get a contractor out for a second opinion. Notice none of those places did I decide I was the boss, this is wrong, I don't believe what's said, or I want to challenge this. I allow the proper authorities, I might bring it up to them in the conversation, this seems a little off to me, can you let me know what you think? But unless you have those other licenses and designations, you better be damn careful if you're doing it. Remembering that as a real estate agent, say for instance, you're not a mold agent, calling something mold and blowing the deal could lead to an error in emissions insurance lawsuit. What this means is if you call things what they aren't and it's by accident, you could be in big trouble. You'll hear a lot of inspectors that don't have mold certifications. They'll say it's a black mold-like substance. They don't say it's mold. Why? Because if they say it's mold, say the seller doesn't end up selling the house to that buyer because they walk away. The seller goes to a mold remediator and they go and they get a reading that it's not mold and you killed the last deal, if there's economic damages, they're going to be suing them from you. They're not going to be saying, oh, well, he didn't mean it. They're going to take it very serious. When you mess with the sale of somebody's home, it can be very serious. And that's what I said about understanding that you need to stay in your lane. And this happens so often. I named a whole list, but again, it's like the attorney, an electrician, a plumber. We're not any of these items. So we need to make sure that when we have these things going on, we can certainly bring up our suspicion to them, but that we don't take it on ourselves. For instance, when changing contracts that are written by the realtor board, remember, you're not an attorney. You should never decide to add extra items that you're not familiar with. And what do I mean by familiar with? Nothing that you're inventing. Familiar with is last time I talked with the attorney and all the other times I talked with the attorney, they said to me the proper terminology for saying this exact clause is this. That's about it. Or when we're adding simple terms like seller to leave right on lawnmower. That's very simple to understand. But oftentimes right now, I see agents trying to get offers accepted, desperately clawing at it, and deciding that they're just going to put in terminology. Not sure where they got it from. That sounds great. Sounds really cool. But realizing that it opens risks and liabilities. So this is why we always advise if you're going to change a contract in any way, shape, or form, 
you really want to have the attorney look it over because we are not an attorney and you're writing a legal document that could be used against your clients if you did it wrong. And God forbid that happened, it'd be an awkward situation to be in to think that, hey, I got my client's offer accepted only to find out that, yeah, we got it accepted, but under bad terms, and they're pretty mad at me, and overall, they're going to end up suing me, because people oftentimes, during desperation, when they want to get the home, they're okay with the idea of you writing something in real quick, but once they get the home... If they have any feeling of buyer remorse, if anything goes wrong, say from offer, now the home inspection doesn't go as planned, and you wrote it's for informational purposes only, and you didn't choose a dollar and cent sign, you just said like, okay, for informational purposes only, they come up with $20,000 in damages that need to be fixed in their opinion. The seller says, hey, you said for informational purposes only. I'm going to keep you $1,000 deposit if you walk away. Remember, this is a contract, so... When we're writing them, we can't just write them the way we think and see fit. We need to ask also those pragmatic questions. We need to say to them, do you understand the repercussions? Have you spoken with your mortgage professional? Have you spoken with your attorney about this? Another one that I see oftentimes agents advising is, and this is another leaving their lane, deciding to waive things like the appraisal, deciding that the client can cover the costs. Well, let me ask you a question. If you haven't talked with the mortgage professional, how do you know? The truth is you don't. Oftentimes agents write it, but they don't realize the bank or institution that's going to be doing the lending to the person relied on the idea that that person had so many months worth of what they call reserves, which is the ability to make that payment even after closing on the loan. Or maybe they had them on different numbers completely, and the numbers don't work the same as they did before. That's why, again, we don't go into the lane of being a mortgage professional. We make a phone call. Because of the tightness of the market right now, I see a lot of agents in a rush. The truth is the moment you work with a client and you know who they're going through for a bank is the moment you have the conversation. You don't need to have the conversation in the heat of the moment. What do we do now? You want to have it ahead of time so you know all the options, especially when you're shopping on the edge of your own budget. You can't just decide, okay, well, suddenly I'm going to call them in the middle of the night. Yes, a lot of people down talk, bad talk, certain organizations, some of the big banks, because they're not available on the weekends or because they're not. I can still tell you, though, even the best lenders in the world, the best small places in the world, the best whoever, they're not always available, especially during busy times or on a Sunday late day. And with these new times we're in where offers a due at a certain time of day and it's not always convenient and no showing so this time you're not always ready to write an offer during normal office hours that said not everyone's going to be there especially the attorneys they're not going to be there to help with the guidance so get on the idea of thinking about things early and asking those questions to all the parties involved understanding what they're willing to do and what they're not willing to do and when they say things such as waiving home inspections and waiving appraisals and waiving this and waiving that, talk to the person involved on that side to ensure that it can happen. There's nothing more frustrating than getting into a deal and having it fall apart only to realize it should have never come together in the first place. What do I mean? I mean, no one called each other. No one talked. The mortgage professional, the agent, and the client, they all talked completely separate of each other. This means that you can end up in that situation where ultimately it has to be withdrawn. 
And the other thing is, if it doesn't go the way it's planned, it's not going to be like you told them to do it. It's going to be like, this is what your attorney advised, and I'm really sorry, and it's very unfortunate that this happened, but that's really on them. We didn't make it up. Liability is a huge issue when you make things up. And again, as agents that are super busy and trying to get everything done, I often see people making things up because they so badly want to have the deal work. They so badly don't want their buyer to quote-unquote lose it and not get the one. And they're worried about that whole thing. It's important that we as the professional, as the guidance, explain this at the very beginning. The other thing this does is a lot of times we get questions, you get text messages, you get emails that are not for you. Don't answer them. Answer them back in a fashion like this. Hey, I've CC'd the attorney. You guys should talk about this. And when we're sending anything to do with changes and contracts and extensions and everything, the attorney should always be CC'd. Why? Because if the client decides not to engage and that's up to them, but the attorney can't say like, hey, I never knew about it. You've already CC'd that person. It's up to the client whether they want to engage their attorney or not, but it's not really up to us of whether the attorney is involved in the deal or not. They are the person that is ultimate sayer of all second to the client because the client can make all decisions that they like, but not including the attorney can be a big problem. Now, after home inspections and everything like that, there's a lot of different things going on. So I want to explain one thing about that time. After discovering an issue in a home inspection, you really only have three choices if the buyers walk away. One is to disclose the issues. Have them fixed and disclose the issues. That it was done is number two. Or get a licensed contractor. Say the inspector was incorrect. So you might have a licensed contractor come out and they say, hey, that, that report, the roof, it's fine. Or hey, that heating system, it's fine, it's just dusty. I saw one where the person told the people that the hot water heater was bad and it was two years old. It was just dusty from a construction project. I'm not saying all of them are bad. I'm not saying all of them are good. But I'm saying once this goes on, you either have to disclose, fix and disclose, or get it ruled out by an industry professional that's properly licensed in that specific trade that you're looking at. If they say there's an electrical issue, I've seen this one happen many times, have an electrician out, hey, the old person who just redid the electrical didn't rip down the old wiring. That's actually old. It's not being used. These are the live lines. These things happen, but again, notice the entire time I'm staying in my lane. When I have this issue and I'm suspect that, hey, maybe that's not correct, I call that industry professional in, that licensed professional, and I say, hey, could you give me a report on this or could you give me an estimate on this? And making sure that I hire in someone I trust but oftentimes you find out that maybe it's not exactly what it was. But remember, hiding things in a home inspection for your sellers and hiding known material defects goes on you. That's illegal. It's not like it's unethical and unmoral, but it's also illegal, especially in the state of Massachusetts. We're a no material defect state. You have to cite all no material defects. And they also go so far as if you should know about it, you can't pretend to not know about it as well. So keep that in mind. Guys, I hope this helps you remember that you're not an attorney, you're not an inspector, you're not an electrician, you're not the seller, you're not the seller's agent, you're not the town, you're not the town hall health department. So don't try to make answers for them. Make the answers that you can do, which is I can call the professionals, we can get the answers, and this is who to speak to.
Thanks so much for listening this week. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to tell all your colleagues about this as well. That way they also can get the great free information about how to be a better real estate agent and real estate professional. Check out our Facebook group, our weekly newsletter, as well as our blog. Those are also free. You can find everything right on realfactsonrealestate.com. Thanks again and have a great week.